and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 156. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. We are here again. Uh, it's one week later, but actually, if you listen to 155, this is recorded only a few hours after. And uh, special thanks to Miles for once again uh, coming on and talking with us on Top Gun and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusader... And also the Showa era of Gamera. We had a great chat there. And we also had a bit of news on that Jon Snow show that was announced. So if you want to check all that out, that's in episode 155. Uh, enjoy that. And, uh, you know, these shows always have time codes. So if there's only something specifically you want to listen to, you can always check that out too. But, uh, yeah, since it's recorded, we don't really have anything since the last few hours that we have to talk about. So I feel like... Uh, We'll probably just get into it for this one, but also since it's one late week later, right now I'm in Los Angeles, so that's why we're recording this ahead of time. Uh, because of that, there's no news to talk about since it's all old at this point. But uh, this episode, we're talking about that fun, jolly old Obi-Wan TV show that we just uh, just got to bear witness yeah. to. And, it's got its moments. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess a moment or two. And uh, <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion. What crazy uh shenanigans have our characters gone into this time and what kind of yeah. dino destruction has been caused due to that uh we will talk all about it the first thing i said after that movie finished was just like god damn that movie's fucking stupid <laughs> yeah and it's what's funny is also these two things have like three word titles so i'm like trying to think of it i'm like can i fit all that in i'm just like you know what? i'll just put obi-wan and Jurassic World Dominion. I'll just leave the Kenobi out because that's like just one thing. Obi Wan Dominion. Okay. Uh, Obi Wan Dominion. I you know I almost want to call that. Actually, that's really good. Yeah. I might just do that. Well, you know what? We'll just call Obi Wan Dominion. I like that. <laughs> Obi Wan Dominion. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's it's great. Uh, just I, I feel like it's always hard now because it's like in the search fonts it's always like uh, it's hard to show up at certain things but i like that i always like combining things i always enjoy doing that stuff but ooh, that yeah. would work for like search results if you get it uh, maybe both <laughs> that is true yeah uh, maybe that that's how it works otherwise i'd have to put the long form in both names and like it works for youtube when it comes to podcasting it's like your title is too long which is why if you look on the podcast now it'll instead of saying sutra side talk it'll say sst to shorten it all up mm. to make it easier to view okay um, yeah, whereas YouTube, it'll actually say Sutra Side Talk for the episode itself. Uh, so fun fact there. But uh, yeah, uh, but we just got those two. And if, if time allows, maybe we'll knock out a couple other things on the backlog. But we'll just see how it goes first. Uh, and then afterwards, we can just kind of talk about where the uh, channel is at once again. Do a little update there because I know there's certain things I said would be here now and they aren't. And I can have little explanations for that potentially. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but without further ado, you ready to just dive right into Obi-Wan? Yeah. All right. So we got this show and they, I feel like they hyped it up a lot. And oh yeah, everyone hyped it up a lot. This well, was they, like, they made a whole point of being like, yeah, we got not just um, Ewan McGregor back. We got Hayden Christensen back for some reason. And to be fair, he was really good. I, I they also got James Earl Jones this. back to voice Star that. Yeah. So it was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. And, you know, there's all these different theories everyone has is what's going to go on. And the one thing that I would say the average person that really knows, I guess, I don't want to say, you know, a real Star Wars fan. But a person that really knows what's going on in Star Wars would know, 
you're not going to get that Darth Maul thing. I forgot the sounds. Yeah. Uh, because we already got that in Rebels, for those that don't no, know. I, I literally was like, if if Darth Maul shows up in this show, that's going to make no fucking sense. And thankfully, just, they didn't yeah, do that. They, that would just make things so much more confusing than it already was. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the Grand Inquisitor is dead. Wait, how? He's not dead. Oh, I guess that makes more sense. Yeah. Was... Why'd you bother with that, like, for two episodes then? Yeah, it was really, it, you know. So, this show, I guess to easily say it in a, very quickly, this show is probably going to be, so far, the most forgettable Star Wars show, live action show that we've gotten so far. Really? More forgettable than Boba Fett? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I will say Boba Fett is a fifty percent thing where it's like, I'm I'm going to remember the Tusken Raider stuff. That was really yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's very true. Because Boba Fett runs on two timelines. You have the flashback timeline, which I thought was actually the greatest part of the show. That was actually really good. I enjoyed that. I would consider that great. Then there's the modern day part where it's all fucking like really. It just wasn't good. The moped gangsters. Yeah, yeah. Well, the millennials was fun. You just had you put in the millennials, and you're like, we we're gonna get the millennials jobs, and the millennials are like, we need jobs, and they're like, we put the millennials where it's crazy. Boba Fett. Oh my god, I never even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Half good, <laughs> half bad. It it just like at least the Tuscan Raider stuff was really fucking good consistently. Yeah. Then you get to Obi Wan, and the entire thing where it's not like timeline it's all one timeline there's like a there's a couple flashbacks but it's not like going with two different stories simultaneously because of that it might have a great episode or good episode apart from that as a series as a whole oh my God, it, my it's just for, trying to get in my door it's it's forgetful and it is just not good it's just not good it is the weakest show uh that they have and it just lacks I want to say substance. They 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 yeah. they choked on their aspirations, as uh, one would say via Rogue One. Um, but I guess the weird thing too is, you know, this was uh, what was it ran by? Um, what was her name? She she did a good job with the the Mandalorian episodes that she did, but this just wasn't this just didn't work for me. And let me double check who it was. It was Deborah Chow. Yeah. So she did a good job on the Mandalorian episodes that she did direct. But this show, nah, nah, was not good. And I guess to go through it, like you have six episodes. In these six episodes, we go from Obi-Wan being in the desert, being like, ah, fuck all of you. And the Jedi's like, help me. And he's like, no, and he's dead. It was interesting that he was like literally broken at that point. Yeah, he, he just gave up. Like, I'm basically resp- partly responsible for the fall of the Republic. Like, well, no, one wa- no one wants my help. No one knows that Anakin is... He doesn't know Anakin's still alive. Yeah, that confused me. How did he not know? Because, like, does no one know who Darth Vader is? Or... Maybe not. Well, no, I... I okay, that's... They're very clear on that, that no one is supposed to know who Darth Vader is. But, like... Yeah. I... Like, I would have thought that... Obi-Wan would have heard of Darth Vader and put two and two together. Like, it's just was, it confused me when Reva mentioned that like, yeah, like Anakin is still alive. Darth, he's Darth Vader. And I was like, wait, that's news to Obi-Wan. Like, I thought he was hiding from him. That's why he was like on Tatooine. 
Well, it was just, yeah. I mean, the whole thing was like, hide the children from maybe not even Darth Vader, just Palpatine. Just hide them because yeah. they're force-sensitive children that could be utilized because they're Anakin's kids and the Emperor would want a powerful Jedi line like that. That's potentially. fair. Uh, otherwise, I would almost, ironically enough, compare this show to Venom. Where, you know, (laughs) Tom Hardy, remember Tom Hardy is a Venom in the first one. You're like, wow, he does a really good job as Eddie Brock. He does a great job as Venom. Like, I'm really enjoying him. What about everything else? Oh, it just feels like kind of like a diamond in a dumpster. And that's how I would describe Venom. And actually also Assassin's Creed with Michael (laughs) Fassbender. But actually, no. Should I ever actually watch that movie? The the history stuff is actually really good. They should have just made that a movie. And then all the modern day stuff is fucking garbage. But uh, they could have made a sequel. They could have done what they did with Venom, but not make it wacky. They could have just fixed all the mistakes they made and just honed it. And they just never did. And now Ubisoft is making other shit now. I don't fucking know. They're making an Assassin's Creed anime I want to see on Netflix. But anyway. That could work. Obi-Wan is the same thing. Ewan McGregor is, you know, he's Ewan McGregor. He's great as Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Hayden's Christensen, I would say his performance here was good. I enjoyed it, dude. I, I was getting like the feels during the yeah um, that little the, the dual the flashback. flashback duel and yeah and then like the, the final like talk that they had at the end of the duel like yeah. the last episode was like I I really liked that. So you got that, cool. Look at the dumpster they're in. Yeah, like that's that's how I describe this. What that is that is how I describe this. All. Young Leia, because I thought she was very cute and she was she did a good job, but like. I didn't like that she was a major focus of most of the season. I thought so it's she she was enjoyable. She was entertaining. I will say that. She was easily entertaining. I enjoyed her. She was easily probably the third most enjoyable character. Actually, one of the three only enjoyable characters in this show. Actually four. I will say there's four enjoyable characters, but one is just comedic relief more or less. Uh, and you'll know who he is easily. But uh I think I wasn't expecting her to be yet in the entire show. And that was the plot was they stole the princess. You got to rescue the princess. And I'm like, whoa, is this the whole thing? And dude, the funniest thing about that to me is that like Riva, she didn't even like know who Leia is really like why she's so important and why she's like the only person that would have brought Obi-Wan out of uh, hiding. And like in, um, like she just literally Riva to her perspective, just kidnapped a Senator's child and was like, he's a Jedi. He'll come save her. Well, I guess she knew that he had, she knew Organa was friendly with the Jedi. Yeah. But it was just like, it's super ironic that she literally kidnapped like the perfect, uh, like victim or whatever to, to pull out Obi-Wan. So I would say for Leia, like I said, entertaining. I don't know how I feel about her being a 10-year-old, like, young Sheldon already. Yeah, she's like a uh, super prodigy of everything. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, that was fast. All right. But, like, it's it, it's at least fun, but not completely believable. But at the same time, she's supposed to be a senator's child, so I guess that would make sense. Yeah. I'm not going to question it. It's not even... This isn't something I have a problem with for the show. I'm completely fine with it. This isn't the issue I had at all whatsoever. This isn't even detrimental to anything, really. Leia was not detrimental to anything for me. No. Uh, 
So I enjoyed her. I would say she's positive for it overall. And I had a good time with her. Do I need any more of her? No, because we already like the only era I want more of her in is the era that would we need to recast her completely or make her animated or something. So it's like, you know, like between six and seven really is all I want. And between four and five. No, no, five and six. Between five and six, which I think they're doing in the comics. So it's like already kind of taken care of. But I also wanted that. I I just like the fucking, uh, what's it called? Shadow of the Empire, which is pre-Disney. And it's like the cool bounty hunter shit and everything else. And how she becomes uh, uh, Boosh. Uh, oh yeah that would be an interesting story yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah it's like yeah that fun shit but uh yeah so she's cool and then the other character that's more enjoyable but is just really comedic relief is camille uh what's fuck what's this nianjiani yeah uh nianjiani. his nanjiana what's his first name is it, is it uh kamal kamal nanjiani so like he is fun his whole shtick as like I'm a Jedi and yeah, he's the like Jedi. the fucking magnets and shit. That was, <laughs> that was funny. So funny. Honestly, I would, I I enjoyed that character. That was fun and it's like it felt so out of place, but it was also like believable at the same time. Where he's like, oh, I just like to scam people, but I also help them at the same time. Yeah, that's the funniest thing is like he's still helping people. He's just also scamming. <laughs> it's an incentive. It's like a it's an incentive to to go to him because yeah. he's like I give you extra whatever because I can do this. And uh, that that was cool. That was fine. His character was fun. I don't think we really needed more. To, we didn't need more of him after that one episode he was in. I think he was fine for that single episode. After that, yeah. it kind of. But that's that's more of that entire plot as a whole, where they go to the rebels and shit, or the not even re- they weren't even rebels. They were like uh, it was like the beginning, the potential. It was the underground beginning. railroad. Yeah, that's basically what it was. Yeah, it was an underground railroad. And which I do see. I mean, obviously, then we see the influences of the underground railroad and shit and hiding from. I think from Nazis and then not Nazis and slavers. Yeah, like that whole thing of like Southern whites and Nazis, you know, more or less the same. And uh, pretty much like. The other characters here, you have what's her face, uh, played by Alaria Sand from Game of Thrones. You had, um, oh yeah, I keep forgetting her name. I liked her though. The uh, uh Indira Varma, uh, she yeah. plays, um, what's her she's character? Like, kind like yeah, yeah, she's kind of like an empire spy or a spy for the the path, but like embedded in the empire because she's like. She was yeah. she was like originally in the Empire and then she just yeah. didn't agree with what they were doing. Yeah, she was like, they're way too extreme for me. I need to like do something to like fix what I've done. Yeah. In some way. Balance the scales. But she was very bare bones. Like there wasn't really much with her. Kind of. And what was funny was it did feel like it was very forced when right before she dies, she's like, Here's my story, so you care about me right before I die. Yeah. And you're like Oh, I don't, I don't really. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're dead. Oh, okay. Oh, thermal detonator, go boom. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I, I just hated the scene in the previous episode. I think it was the previous episode when they're trying to uh, save Leia from the um, the Inquisitor's palace or whatever you want to call it. The oh, uh, Fortress Inquisitor. Yeah. Or something. Uh, Fortress Inquisitorium. Inquisitorium or, yeah. or whatever. My masturbatorium. Uh, <laughs> I forget what movie that was and uh like she is like okay i 
I'm I work for the Empire. I still might have clearance if they haven't like discovered that I'm a spy yet. So she walks in totally fine. And like even despite the weird like confrontation with the guys like this isn't your sector. What are you doing here? And she's like, how dare you question me? And the guy actually was like, I'm so sorry. You're right. Go ahead, man. And then she gets down, uh, gets into the next room and she sits down and she's like talking to Obi-Wan on the like next to all these people like, next to all these people. And one of the guys that literally like <laughs> looks over and is like, what the fuck is she doing? And I'm just like, this should not work. Like what? The well, fuck all those is guys happening? at those desks had the just I just work here vibes. They're like, you know, that's very true. I yeah. guess. But I, I mean, I don't know how it is working at the Empire. Do you, have, you know, we never ask the important questions. Do you get benefits working for the empire do you get dental like how is it do you how do you unionize when you're so bad that you're just like i'm not paid enough for this shit (laughs) yeah is it kind of like that like who knows we don't know they're either like you know i work at microsoft or work at mcdonald's when it comes to working at the empire i don't know which one it fucking is who knows but it's just a interesting thing that i want answers to now but uh yeah she just felt milk toast like there wasn't anything about her they could have done a lot more if they really wanted to expand her character they could have built her up sooner rather than right before her own death like yeah she was just along that was i think that was the issue with all of the underground railroad characters were they were just dialogue points there was nothing else about with any of them yeah and like you're supposed to feel bad about that one uh snow speeder pilot that gets uh taken yeah down. and i was like okay so one of their friends is dead i don't know who he is i like i'm sure it's sad for them well they actually show him beforehand so they they do show the two pilots before uh when obi-wan's like i'm gonna go to fortress masturbatorium and they're trying to figure it out it shows like what's his face uh they actually did have i was actually shocked that they had him in here but uh o'shea jackson jr is roken uh he was yeah the... i liked roken though he was pretty cool he, O'Shea Jackson Jr., wasn't he? He's in Godzilla King of the Monsters as one of the um, soldiers. That's how I recognize him. But isn't, right. I think you've seen the other thing he's in. Yeah, he plays, because he, he's Ice Cube's son. He plays Ice Cube in Straight Out of Compton, which I haven't seen, but you have. Oh, did I see that? Yes, you talked about it here once. Oh, man, it's been a while. Boom, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure you'd. Oh, no, wait. Was it that or was it the Wu Tang? one maybe it's the wu-tang i know one. i talked to i i definitely watched the wu-tang show I it didn't wasn't watch that one it was TV. wu-tang never mind yeah i got him confused wow that's actually really stupid of me but uh <laughs> that whole thing with him that was the same thing you're just like you have roken you have inara it was inara i already forgot her fucking name again but um was it no it's tala inara is her actual name indra was her actual name uh so you have tally of roken and then you have these two other people there there's like the white dude and the asian girl and they're all there and they're talking and all this shit. The white dude and the Asian girl, the two snow speeder pilots that come in and rescue them at the end uh, that show up at the fortress and they all get into one and the other one gets blown up and you're just kind of like, well, that sucked. And I at least had small entertainment value just because I would say the snow speeder is one of probably my favorite Star Wars vehicles in the universe. Probably easily in my top three maybe higher i'm not too sure honestly it kind of always changes for me but i was that was like a little fan service for me where i was like yeah snow speeders or t41s i think i forget what their actual name is called i think it's like t41 land speeders 
I used to know all this shit. But uh, yeah, they, they're just there. And you're like, okay. And you see all these people and they're like, we're trapped. The Empire is going to kill us. And you're like, yep, they probably are. That's it. <laughs> I don't really got anything else for you. They, yeah, there was just no connection to it all. It just felt yeah, hollow. I mean... One thing that also got pointed out to me that kind of ruined that, like, escape scene for me. Why didn't they launch TIE Fighters? We saw TIE Fighters on that base. Like, they could have gotten those speeders easily. James, we're talking about the Empire. They have a budget just like Disney does. And with that budget, they can't afford to put TIE Fighters out there fighting all of that. And... It's Even either when that the base or is on high alert. <laughs> it's either that or you know the writers are, you know maybe they not up know, to task. Maybe they're not up to task. To be honest, yeah, yeah. it's one of the two. Same be- thing like with the last episode. Like there's, you know, they're doing the the chase again for some reason, and uh, I guess they've they've been fire like the empire's been firing on the ship that's like trying to run away from them, and uh, Darth Vader's like increase firepower and someone else pointed out to me and's like why didn't they launch fighters like they're within range you gotta understand man anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> that's uh, the issue i mean there's just plot holes it, it, there's just a lot of holes and it's like yeah, you know it's like it's there's cool moments but overall there's like there's too many like things that just don't either it don't add up or don't make sense or just aren't well fleshed out or thought about or thought through yeah. in the show. And at certain points, the parts that feel like fan service, like we just talked about it in Checkout 155 with Top Gun. We talked about fan service versus good tributes that fit into the plot well. Yeah. And in this one, it felt more like fan service at a certain point. There was only one I thought that fit into the plot well, and that was just the flashback. Otherwise, everything yeah. else just felt kind of forced. And they're like, did you like the thing we did? You know, the thing we always talk about, we made the meme real. Hello there, hello there. And you're like... He actually said hello there. Yeah, and I was like, cool. Uh, Because it's like the last thing that's said in the show. And by this point, by episode six, I don't care anymore, kind of. I'm just kind of done. And then he goes, hello there. And I'm just like, is it over? Is this done? Mm -hmm. Did we finish? Maybe not. They might do a second season somehow. It was supposed to be a limited series, but there's them. You got your Underground Railroad, you got Leia, you got Fake Jedi, and then there is the Inquisitors and Reva, which the Inquisitors, there's not much to say. You have, um, what's his face? Uh, the fifth brother who dies in Rebels. He gets got pretty good. Um, yeah. but, like, I like him in this, though. That, that dude is cool. Yeah, he was fine in this, but it was if it was funny between them where he's like, "Mommy said I'm in charge now. Fuck you." And it was like <laughs> that whole thing. And you know who played him? I was very shocked to find out who played him. Who? Uh that dude, that was fucking Sung Kang, aka Han from Fast and Furious. Oh shit. Yeah, I was like, <gasps> it's I did not recognize him like... under all the makeup and in like the hat and stuff. Yeah, it, I guess. I remember looking early on IMDb, I think, and saw that that was the thing, and I got, like, really excited. And then uh, there was also one more. I forget. Do you remember which other, who was the other sister there? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, fourth sister, played by Raya 
kill hits to fuck. Uh, okay, yeah, fourth sister, which I don't think was in Rebels, because I think it was what. Uh, the the one that was in Rebels was uh, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I think she was either seventh sister or something else. I think she might have been seventh sister, uh, and you know how she dies. So, and then the there was the other Inquisitor in that episode was this lanky thin guy, and it was also male. So she, actually, we don't know what happens to fourth sister yet because the two that are in also Jedi Fallen Order aren't in this either so very yeah. interesting that we have now one that is alive besides actually we don't kill the first one right because we get two sisters in fallen order the big one doesn't die yeah she get Ooh. i don't think she does i, I think she survived hand off I, and i know you defeat you her, cut her hand off her? and you send her off the tree but i don't think she died yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't she's know. dead. Maybe she 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 gets launched off the that. tree. So I think her and fourth sister are right. still alive, and we'll get. I think we'll get for the that one from Jedi Fallen Order back again in the second one, and she'll come back and be like, "Remember me, motherfucker? You cut off my hand." Uh, I would expect that, and then fourth sister. Who knows? I'm not gonna con- figure it out for now. Uh, but you assume, you know, if there's up to seven sisters, and at least five or more eight brothers and stuff there's still a bunch we haven't seen yet and then there's you know the grand inquisitor the inquisitor is budgeted as fuck this time yeah so this was where the grand inquisitor is where i realized the budget was highly in there uh you look at his head and i'm like y'all how'd y'all fuck up his head and they're like well it's practical practical effects well you've practically fucked up his head then okay well, and they did practical effects for his species in the past too with uh episode three was episode three practical or was that full cgi i could have sworn it was just a dude and a, and a bunch of makeup when when obi-wan went to uh the the planet that Utapau. grievous yeah that grievous was uh hiding out on and like the dude i unless i'm mistaken like the dudes that come up to obi-wan and are like oh thank you for coming and visiting our planet and then they get close enough and they're like grievous is on like this uh, level like he's been terrorizing Mm. our people like i could have sworn those are the same species i want to look this up now and try to figure it out but if not like we've at least seen this character before in like clone not clone wars um rebels and like he doesn't really look the same like they like i know it's kind of hard to do this in live action especially if it's like really um extreme of a character uh, design but like the inquisitor in the show had like a very thin head and the one in like kenobi is like weirdly bulbous and i don't know why yeah so it's a yeah it's a narrow head that's longer and in yeah this one it's just normal head he just, they just made him bald looking and put markings on his head and you're like okay so like very faint markings too yeah and i can't i don't see anything it's just there, there's random facts but uh oh wait was the pow uh were created through a mix of prosthetic makeup and computer generated imagery Okay, so it was a mm. combo. It was a hybrid of both. Okay. 
but that technology existed back then and you can imagine that it would be potentially easier to do it in modern day so they looked at that they looked at his design in rebels of the grand inquisitor in rebels and then they proceeded to give us what we got in obi-wan knowing all of that and i don't want to say like it's a mix of like yo is this is this just budget which if it's budget that is your best potential defense for it which i still wouldn't defend like i, I still wouldn't take that as a good uh I, I wouldn't accept it either way like i'd be like all right i get its budget but y'all should have had a higher budget then like this is fucking yeah. obi-wan kenobi what the fuck are you doing and it's fucking Disney. You guys can afford it as well. Like, I don't get how you could not afford it. Come on. The other thing being, if it's not the budget, how the hell did you fuck that up so badly? Like, it's so easy to know what he looks like. And yeah, there's how you literally can, references. <laughs> you can easily design it and somehow you didn't. Like, what, what the fuck happened? But yeah, that's like my only, like, I guess, non-story, but more uh, lore gripe. I mean, just really consistency of uh, keeping it within the universe and stuff. So there was that. Otherwise, his acting was fine. Uh, even though in the first part, he's like, I'm getting the credit. Fuck you. And all this other shit. Just like, you need to obey my orders. Like, the, the whole time they made the Inquisitors just kind of feel childish more than anything. Which I don't know if that was intended, but it just kind of felt weird. Like, I don't know. They felt They felt more threatening and cunning and intriguing in rebels whereas oh, here they just felt like fuck you no f- fuck you <laughs> like that was it it was just well, especially like yeah most of the conflict we got with the inquisitors was like between themselves yes I, yes 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 that was the thing <laughs> yeah it was and then there's everyone's favorite reva which I will say, you know, if you're angry at her for being black, that's obviously racist and you should feel bad and try yeah. to f- fix some things in your life. But otherwise, as a character and the acting through it, I can easily say that was not good and potentially probably the, the worst character in the show. Like, I, I don't get what this character was going for because you had a weird mix of like, there was a weird mix of like, just unnecessary anger where she was like why the fuck is this shit and you're just like dude what the fuck is going on like is this part of that weird sequel era super anger compared to like composed Um, people like what happened to the empire like yeah well i couldn't tell if it was like a mix of her being you know literally trained in the ways of the sith and they they're basically trained to use their rage and their emotions to augment their power i guess unless i'm mistaken True. about that so i thought it was a, like a bit of that but also like i actually did kind of start to like her story in episode like five when there's like you the find flashbacks out the, well you find out the turn that like i mean it was really obvious that she was one of the younglings that escaped but like the the turn that like she has done all of this terrible shit like just so that she can get revenge on Darth Vader because she knows who he is. And she's like, if I can kill enough Jedi to get them, like, to not suspect me, and if I can move up the ranks enough and get close enough to Darth Vader, 
I can maybe kill him and get revenge for all of my friends that he murdered that night of Order 66. I actually thought that was really cool. And that's like very close to the, the storyline to like the Jet Li movie Hero, where he just he does these like amazing feats just to get close enough to the Emperor to try to kill him. Um, and but, then he tells the Emperor he should do this instead. And then yeah, he gets shot with a bunch of arrows and dies. Yeah, no, Hero ended weird. But like at least that was an interesting concept of like, I did yeah. all these things just to get here. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, so that. I mean, it's insane that Reva was willing to murder more Jedi to for the sake of like avenging the Jedi. That so that was weird, but it was at least interesting. But then they lost me with the last episode where she's like somehow survived being stabbed through like in the stomach, I guess, by Darth Vader, and just like they tried to do a redemption thing at the end, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think she's done. She's done too many things to be redeemable by like one decent act. So I thought she was just plain bad in really? one through four. Uh, so one through four, she's just like, Obi-Wan, come out, Obi-Wan. She's just like, Warriors, come out and play. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck is going on here? Like, it just was weird. It was super fucking weird the way she acted throughout it. And it was just temper tantrums. And it's like, yeah, your sister channel your rage. But at the same time, the Sith and the Imperials that we get throughout the original portions and even in the prequels are very refined. They're very disciplined and they still channel their rage, but they're disciplined rage. Like you look at Darth Maul, you look at Count Dooku, you look at Sidious, you look at Vader. They're not like fucking shit. Fuck. You know, <laughs> like very true. you look at the Imperials in the original trilogy and they're just like, Oh yes, fucking piece of shit. And then you see it in like, I don't know uh, what's it called last Jedi. And they're like, kill him now. And I'm like, yo. Yeah, Hux was uh, a little overboard. <laughs> Even just all these other people, they just fucking sucked. It was just bad. They didn't, I don't know why they lost, like, they just lost that good cultural style that they had. And now they just turned it to shit. It, it's feel, it feels very half-assed, if I'm going to be mm -hmm. honest. Whereas you do get Reva in five. And yeah, it was intriguing the way they pull her off there. And I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And I'm not counting, you know, her getting stabbed by Vader with anything. Like, I'm not counting that against her uh, when she comes back. That's more of just the story, not the character. And I'm fine with everything in five. I'm like, that's interesting. That's cool. I get it. I already figured that out, like, halfway through the show, if not, like, yeah. by episode two or three. So it was kind of obvious at that uh, point. I got that, like, in, in episode one. I was like, I bet she's one of the younglings. Because they, why else would they show that scene? <laughs> Honestly, because the only thing that threw me off was when they showed that first Jedi that showed up there. I'm like, oh, is he going to lead them back to all the other younglings that escaped? And it's like, no, yeah. they all just kind of, because they don't, when you see them all run away, you think they're all potentially alive and they got away. You don't know that, oh no, Anakin was just like, I love children. <laughs> um, Master Skywalker, what do we do? There's too, there's too many of them. <laughs> in episode six not to confuse with return of the jedi uh she and that one was completely fine because for the most part she didn't talk and that's well, weird because i i honestly i feel like she should have died in episode five i mean that's a, um so what i'm saying isn't i'm talking about the character i'm not talking about no, the okay. action of the story uh this is specifically about the character 
So with the character, you know, she's fine. She's not talking. She's just doing actions and like Owen and Baru are fighting her and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is fine. All right, cool. And then she gets to Luke and then she's like, you know, I can't do it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, I'm not putting yeah. it against her for not being able to do it. Uh, once again, like what Obi-Wan chooses to do with her is not against her. It is part of the story and your issue with the story, if anything, at least for me too, potentially. I'm not sure yet. So once she's like in a more in an emotional state and is talking in episode six, I'm like, why didn't we have this in the first few episodes? Like, why isn't she just more refined in the first few episodes? Why does she feel like this is just her talking? And it's like, well, now she's disguised as an inquisitor throughout the other ones, though, before you know what's going on. And it's like, so as your disguise is for her to sound like a fucking idiot, is that the disguise? Like, right? Also, it's not much of a disguise if she literally did the things that the inquisitors wanted her to do. Like, she. Yeah. Like, I guess there is such a thing as deep cover, but like, she literally murdered other jedis and like whole families and stuff or at least i'm pretty sure they said that at some point that, like, it's for I, a good cause james don't worry yeah it's, it's for a good cause <laughs> so. is it because literally her whole end game was revenge which was cool but it's just like it's not it also failed good. so there's no there's you're yeah. free of them now <laughs> okay yeah she's free of them is, is she free of them but it yeah, doesn't that it was just the doesn't... other thing he's I, I hated when he's like we're both free now like are you? Because you kind of have to stay hidden on this desert planet or you're going to fucking die. <laughs> He's totally free in episode four. In, in, in Star Wars A New Hope, he totally <laughs> gets he? freed. Yeah, he gets swiped into freedom. He just goes, yeah, swipe left with your lightsaber yeah. and I'm going to be free. And then he goes and comes blue. So, yeah. Yeah, so Reva, I thought, was not a good character. Um, very just annoying and obnoxious until the last two episodes where you finally get her to talk normally and not just like fuck and then in six where mm. she's like more believable and i'm like because honestly when you're watching like the first four episodes i'm like yo can most of syngram act because this is kind of bad this is like really bad and then you get to six and i'm like okay she can't act they're just not directing her properly like what the fuck is going on here and yeah. That's kind of how I feel about her as a whole. And obviously she doesn't die. And that could mean one of two things. Oh boy, Obi-Wan season two or Reva continues on in comic or other thing and probably does not need her own show. That's not going to go well. Trust me. Um, no, it might be interesting to see if, her story. If it's a character that comic, no one, though. a lot of people didn't like and they give her own show, that doesn't make any sense, especially when I don't think the show is that successful, but somehow yeah. Disney thinks it is. Like, I don't know how many people like this because so far everyone I've asked does not like it. Um, it's been very mixed. Like, Chris really, really liked it, but eh. Yeah. So there's that. And then you got Obi-Wan and Vader. Because Organa is there. He, there's not really anything to say about Organa. He's Organa. They did fine with Yeah, it's him. just cool to see him back again. Yeah. But otherwise, Obi-Wan... Obi-Wan is done well. He just... It's just the plot he's running through that feels just whatever. And Darth Vader is done well. I really did appreciate, though. So, because there's not really much. We already know of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, right? There's not much to say about them. Yeah, I feel like. Pretty much. So, let's just talk about what happens in these episodes. 
you have all these episodes that kind of throw you around. There's weird kidnapping that occurs that somehow gets pulled off on a planet full of people. And they're just like, yeah, we landed, we came, we got her, and we got yeah, the, like, the fuck away. And it was like a weird little cartoon I, chase. I can't believe those mercenaries were actually able to find and kidnap Leia. I know the whole thing is like she she just runs off on her own from time to time. But like, yo, there was no surveillance in that forest? It's also weird because they just kind of play. It's like a weird like chase scene where it feels cartoonish where they're yeah. like bam and she's like oh no and then there's a guard that's actually right there and you're like what if there's more guards yeah. but they're playing around doing yeah. this it's like, it dude this is all this sense. is not like a backwater like planet like there were the city is like giant spires like they would have ways to patrol like to find leia in the forest and like keep an eye on her even when she sneaks out you would imagine it's not yeah, she it's has not a like pet fucking... droid it's not like the fucking uh, chase through uh, Mos Espa when the mayor's assistant is running away and the millennials chase him down in the bikes. Yeah. Like, that was more believable than this. And that was already, like, just cartoonish in and of itself because he had rainbow bicycles just running around fucking chasing a guy with tentacles on his head. So, there's yo, that. Yo, I didn't know Vespa sold to the galaxy far, far away. And then, you, I will say this. Episode six is a great episode. That was a great mm-hmm. time. Everything from the duel to just going back and forth between Tatooine and whatever fucking planet they were on with the rocks and shit. The thing I will applaud them for the most was definitely the utilization of going between James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen for voicing Vader when his modulator got fucked up. And he's kind of going in between like Vader and Anakin talking. And you can hear the voices change as he's really, going really through. Cool. That was really well done. I will applaud you guys for that. I really like that. That was smart. Really good. The other thing was the way they do have Vader. They do a great job with him, I will say. Like, I think since Rogue One, they've really done a great job in just having him look like a fucking... They're like, this is why he's feared in the galaxy. Just like in Rogue One where he's just like throwing dudes left and right. And you're going to get the reverse version of that in Mandalorian with Luke fighting the the dark troopers. But in this one, I did crack up because like, I think it was episode three, maybe when he goes through that town and you see the dad and he just kind of kills the dad and the sun runs out and he just breaks the sun's neck. And you're like, yeah, oh, (laughs) Like, nuts. there's already a great meme of, I think it's, like, Steve Harvey, and it's, like, because uh, I think it's, like, oh, Disney portraying Darth Vader, and you're, like, laughing, and then you see Darth Vader breaks kid child's neck, and you're, like, oh, <laughs> like, it, it's, it's so, it, it's so funny, and that I liked, so the way they really utilized Darth Vader was really fun, where they're just, like, yeah, he just kills people because he can He'll throw Obi-Wan in the fire. He'll, uh... I totally forgot he literally dragged him through a fire. Yeah, right? You forget about it already. Like, it, it's halfway through the fucking yeah, season. You already forget. really not good that that show is so forgettable that it just ended and I'm literally forgetting major... That's scenes. what I was saying. This show is a very forgettable show already. That was this biggest... It's like kind of like Solo, but Solo at least had... It had good portions in it. It, it, it has really... Solo is actually good. But it's forgettable. It's a weird thing. This is not good. 
and it is forgettable. There's mm-hmm. the difference. The other thing was the fifth episode. Uh, was it the fifth episode had the flashbacks during the fight? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So using that flashback as an explanation of how Darth Vader works was and how also they both well know done. How each other work? Like, yeah, that was cool. I thought that was good, and it was pretty much. I, I really did like the way they pulled that off, but otherwise, the episode itself, I did not like. It was just kind of whatever. It was just a weird, good like plot line that they utilized to make that flashback occur. And I did appreciate seeing Hayden Christensen back as Anakin, though I did really wish, like, I'm not going to lie, I really wanted to see, like, uh, Clone Wars, Anakin and Obi-Wan, like, in the fucking armor and shit. Yeah, it was weird to see, like, it took me a, a minute to... Pre-episode rec- two. Yeah, it took me a minute to recognize that it, that was, like, Padawan uh, uh, Anakin, because he had yep. the, the hair braid, and I was just like, oh, this is supposed to be a much younger Anakin. <laughs> and yeah. Like, dude, Disney is literally the ones that have the the best de-aging technology in, like, the world right now. And, or digital de-aging technology, obviously. He did not look de-aged. <laughs> it didn't, yeah, it didn't look like they did it at all. They were just like, just do his hair, it'll be fine. <laughs> dude, just, you should have, they could have made him just scarred clone commander, Anik- uh, clone general yeah, Anakin Skywalker. That's, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, why wouldn't they do, like, an older Anakin? Because, like, they well, would have. Oh, actually, you know, I can explain that. Why? Uh, you had two I, I would imagine they would have sparred all the time. The same reason we looked at the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, you're in a room of two guys making it very easy dueling in one little spot versus being in a war zone with clones and all this shit going on and crazy armor that probably would cost a lot more to do. Well, no, it, it still could have been like a private duel just for, like for practice and like, hey, it's been a while. Want to like see if I like... I can finally beat you or something like Clone that. Clone armor is more expensive than robes. Um, I guess. I don't know. That's my... It can't be that much more expensive, That's though. my good defense for them versus they're just like, ah, they just want to give them the young Anakin. I don't fucking know, dude. Yeah. Uh, I will say, too, I was really... I, w- I was slightly disappointed that the only clone was just a homeless guy. <laughs> I thought yeah. we'd at least get Cody, but apparently Cody's in cool. Bad Batch Season 2. Like he's in the trailer. I couldn't tell it was him, but apparently he's in it. So there's that. It was kind of cool seeing that like old like veteran who's just like massive beard and he's just like got any spare change. Like, yeah, that was that was was interesting and sad. But yeah, I don't I don't even say it's an Easter egg, but it's a good scene at least. Uh, Honestly, in terms of just quality, I would say episode six is honestly really good. I thought it was really good, but everything else was either just fine to bad like it was in between there which me like overall that's why i'm like overall the show is not good like it's not good whatsoever. yeah i maybe i just like i was i wanted to like it so overall i still was positive on the show but it definitely wasn't the level of quality i was expecting from a show that they hyped up this much as like the return of Ewan McGregor and like Hayden Christensen and yeah, like uh, James Earl Jones and like the guy who plays Senator Organa, like we're bringing them all back for like this one special limited series show. That's going to be this awesome star Wars event. And it was just like, Oh, it's okay. Well, so you that's know, what's a little funny? disappointing. Well, you know what they do? They, they go, Hey, 
we kidnap the princess, and then years later, they come back to Obi-Wan and they go, hey, they kidnapped the princess. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. I guess the only thing I can think of is maybe this makes why Leia back in episode four, like why she reached out to Obi-Wan Kenobi specifically. Years ago, you makes served my sense. father in the Clone Wars or something. And I mean, she did say that specific. I yeah, totally she forgot. doesn't they say anything else. She's answer. not like, oh my God, my friend Obi-Wan, you know, I'm not going to forget you or anything like that. Huh. So it does make it feel weird. It, it does. Yeah. Okay. So it I totally does kind of that. continuity fuck up a little bit there, which I'm like, fine, whatever. Dude, the whole but... show is technically a continuity fuck up. Cause like, it, like, in, okay. So granted when, uh, when Darth Vader in episode four says like, oh, I haven't sensed this presence since, and he just like cuts off and like leaves. So that's, ambiguous and left open it could have been like it didn't necessarily mean like way back in episode three but like i always assumed that they the last time that he met obi-wan was when he like cut his arms and legs off and left him for dead and that's why he was so afraid to like go all out and fight him uh in in their like final duel so it was i was really not expecting obi-wan and anakin to meet each other again let alone multiple times in this season. Like I thought like when they said that they brought Hayden Christensen back, I thought he would be in like a couple scenes and, and it'd be like a cool cameo or whatever. I didn't think that they'd literally repeatedly come back at each other and like have multiple duels in this show. It was cool. Yeah. But just not all of this show was not what I expected them to do with it. And it wasn't necessarily for the best. No. So the thing about the show as a whole, or as, uh, the plot, the story as a whole, is it, it felt very hollow. It felt very unnatural to me. Mm. It didn't make sense. It just felt like some weird fanfic idea that someone wanted to create. And they said, oh, this is a great idea. Use the kids and shit. When, honestly, I think I could probably come up with a better story. And I, I'll, I'll just say it. So, honestly, what I think they could have done... And I know people would probably hate it being like, ah, he's on Tatooine. I hate fucking sand. We've had sand in the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. And I'm like, well, shit, th this is actually the one that you want to be on Tatooine because that's the whole point is Obi-Wan's on yeah. Tatooine. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. Yeah. I think they didn't have to make some cohesive story that's like going through six episodes, uh, going on a mission to rescue the uh, princess leia and like bringing her back and all this shit and everything else around it that's going on instead i think it could have been kind of like tales of obi-wan throughout his time on tatooine and it would have been which we forgot to mention hey look liam neeson oh hey it's me i'm yeah. over here i'm blue Woo! Like that was I, I expected him to show up at some point. I expected him to show up, but not so fucking wacky. Just like, oh, what took you so... That was like... You know what? That was out of fucking Hocus Pocus. If you remember watching Hocus Pocus, like, Zachary Binks finally dies and becomes a ghost, and his sister comes, and it's like, Zachary Binks, what took you so long? Where have you been? And then they walk away. Same thing happens. Qui-Gon's like, oh, Obi-Wan took you long enough. And he's like, oh, master, hello, yeah. you fucking shit, dude. And he's like, yeah, well, come on. We got much to talk about, so yeah. you can turn blue, too. It's weird, because, like, I, I might have to watch episode one again to at least parts of it, just to get, like, a sense of Qui-Gon's mannerisms. But 
in that scene when he shows up at the end and, and like you said he's like oh what took you so long that didn't strike me as Qui-Gon because no. the impression I got way back when I like watched episode one like not just the first time when I was a kid but like more recently after episode after episode seven eight and nine came out and I was like are the are the tri- the prequel movies actually better than this uh I, I enjoy like, the prequels more than this yes yeah like the um the impression of qui-gon i got was like he's more stoic and just like he wouldn't really be joking around and stuff like that yeah but i don't know well he's got a lot of time now that he's dead he can just joke around all around he's like ah who cares i'm dead he's blue with it i haven't had anyone to talk to for like 10 years you have no idea (laughs) so this is and sorry if I sounded like insane throughout this whole talk, guys, but it just didn't work. It did not work. I think the show is a failure. Now, mm. this is what I think they could have done. On it, because I think it's failure. Do you want to know why I want? To, I think it's failure because I don't want a season two. I don't mm. think it should be because I think what if it's just as bad, if not worse? Could it be better? I don't know. That's but, weird because for me, I don't, I don't want a season two either. But it's not because I didn't enjoy this season it's just like i they already skirted the line so closely of just like fucking up the timeline because of like okay yeah they they didn't like they could have not had the darth vader fights or whatever to make it make more sense for like episode four but at the same time like i just said it was they were ambiguous enough in episode four that they could have had confrontations and it just was like oh you just didn't know about them yet but um I just would worry that they would actually venture too far and start to make things make no sense at all. Yeah. Like there, there's just more chances for them to have like continuity errors that they just like miss. Yeah. So this is what I think you could potentially keep the whole thing on tattooing. I know. Oh no, more sand, but each episode isn't necessarily back to back and all cohesive. The one cohesive thing trying to contact Qui-Gon, but each episode is instead him doing something in that day. Not like, oh, boring, whatever thing. I mean, like he maybe goes on some adventure on Tatooine that he has to do something. He sees someone in trouble and he's like, oh, I better help them out. Like uh, maybe Tusken Raiders are doing some shit and he has to stop it. There is a thing, I don't remember if it was, uh, I think it might've been like in legend, like basically pre-Disney or not. But I think there was like a Jedi that survives, escapes the Tatooine and starts ruling over the Tusken Raiders and kind of forsakens everything the Jedi stood for. So everyone, I think, takes him down. I could be wrong, but that could have been one. He takes down that Jedi and stops the Tusken Raiders from like basically potentially acting like some kingdom that attacks other people and stuff. He could maybe help other Jedi escape that are there. And they're being chased, the Imperials are there, and he, like, has to do it while staying, like, undetected, potentially, from them. Uh, or making it look like, if they do get taken down, that it was the Jedi that already escaped and left Tatooine. Uh, obviously, we can't do Maul, that would have been a very <laughs> easily good one, but they did that in Rebels. Now, honestly, looking at it now, they could have probably not done it in Rebels, and it would have been better here. Like, it actually probably would have worked so much better here than in rebels where that felt like a random one-shot episode when they did that but uh i mean i honestly think they could have done it better but it's okay like they did it 
they did it well enough but it just didn't i don't i feel like it didn't fit necessarily with the rest of that show that was going on it was like a weird cameo episode more than anything but there's different like i said it's kind of like mandalorian but you just make it so it's like one of these adventures and he kind of does something new he does a different type of deed and he comes back at the end of the day and he comes and tries to commune with Qui-Gon. And there could be points where you do have flashbacks of the Clone Wars. And that could be part of it too. Kind of like they had the flashbacks of the Tusken Raiders with Boba Fett. But instead it's like him and Anakin and all this stuff. And he's kind of reflecting on it. Learning from it. Kind of training himself to be that older man that fights him at the end in the Death Star. Like I think that kind of build up would have worked really well. And at one point, maybe he could have gone off planet and fought with the Inquisitors. Maybe not necessarily for the reason of like Leia getting kidnapped or something, but they could have done something like this. And I think it could have been done much better. And I think that would have been more interesting because it could have been him still like the parts where it's quiet and he's trying to figure out what the hell he's doing with his life and always maybe taking a look and making sure Luke is okay. Like from the, from far, just like they kind of did in this one, uh, yeah like didn't they advertise this show as like it was going to be a deep character piece and it ended up being a lot more action than character Deborah Chow compared it to be on par with Logan and Joker Mm -hmm. okay I I don't see that at all yeah so no yeah exactly so that's what I think they could have done better Uh, otherwise if they wanted to do like that whole Inquisitor thing I think they could have done that either with less or just without princess leia i don't think they needed to include that in there as that kind of just confused everything like i said not anything wrong with her as a character she was like i said probably one of the better parts of the show just as a plot point i think they could have done without that and done something else uh maybe had something with fucking quinlan voss but then again that might even like interfere with the book that he's in with asajj Ventress. so yeah I would say all that kind of stuff. That's my thoughts on it and what they could have done instead. Um, maybe people aren't as harsh on it as I am. Some people probably like it a lot. I know other people that probably hate it more than I do. So, because I don't hate it. I just don't think it's good. And I think they could have done a lot better and they failed at what they were trying to accomplish. Um, but yeah, I think those are my final thoughts on it. Anything else from you? No, nah, I think we covered it pretty good. Okay. Moving on to then uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh boy. So this movie is, I guess I'll start with saying this. This movie is better than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, that is the only compliment we can give it. Well, that's not fair. There were some moments in this uh, movie that were at least cool and entertaining, but God, is it a stupid movie. (laughs) Yeah, this, so this movie has a lot of different dinosaurs dinosaurs i was so excited to see and was still i would say satisfied in seeing them like we got finally got to see a dimetrodon which i've known what a dimetrodon was when i was a kid for some reason i just it was like one of those standout dinosaurs from the little books and shit and i see one of those and i'm like oh my god dimetrodon yeah and you get like the i guess more feathered version of a of a raptor at one point and it's like swimming in ice and it it's just fucking with them the whole time and there's like the uh what would you call the really big the the big bird with the claws that are like like out i'm gonna fucking get you (laughs) like the fucking the one that fucks up the plane 
No, the one that fucks oh, up. Oh, the... that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know the name of it. It's just it's super bizarre because I'm pretty sure that dinosaur was featured in that like David Attenborough uh, prehistoric planet show I've been watching recently. The Apple one. And they covered that that was a herbivore. Like those, it had like massive scary claws, but those claws were they theorize are were for like scooping up like river plants. Yeah, which in this in this movie they do keep to that it is an herbivore in the film. Uh, it's just a little. But it kills a deer though. Yeah, but it doesn't eat the deer. It just is like it sounds. Co- I yeah, that's true. I'll yeah, give it just that, like the, the, the deer is literally in the way, and it's just like. Get the fuck out of my way! And he just yeah, like maybe that he literally just literally. backhands it, and the deer is just like, "I'm dead." I do love that the uh, the sounds it make it makes was super cool. Like it was a creepy oh, yeah. sounding dinosaur. The, the sound design, like that's honestly, if I could work on most of the films out right now as a sound designer, I would have wanted. I I don't care how it is plot wise. I would have wanted to work on Jurassic World because I get to make dinosaur sounds. Yeah, I can imagine like, that, that would be so fucking fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, but there's those. There was uh, the Atrociraptors, if I remember correctly. Laser guided dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I don't know why they keep trying to do that. I, it didn't. I mean, that was also kind of a plot point too, to an extent. But they, they, they had the, yeah. But I guess just going through dinosaurs. Yeah, there's Atrociraptors. Uh, there were some other dinosaurs that were interesting that we've never seen before. We saw but, a Carnotaur. They they look pretty cool. Yeah, dude, we've seen I, Carnotaurs before. We saw them in. Uh, I love that that one Carnotaur got loose and just ate that dude off the scooter. <laughs> dude, that was really funny. Yeah, but we we've seen Carnotaurs so in the last weird. one. There was a Carnotaur on a uh, Fallen Kingdom, the one that the T Rex sticks out and he's in the Nublar before the explosion. That's true, goes. and we we saw them in, in uh, Jurassic World or Jurassic Park three as well. Yeah, we see one where it's like, "Don't move," and he's just there for a second, and he's like, "Yeah." Oh, and then he just walks away. Yeah, that was pretty good. God, that was so that was so disappointing when they did that in Jurassic Park three. I was like, no, I want to see more. Bring him back. Bring him back. There's more cool animals like this. Come on, man. But yeah, there was all these different dinosaurs. They really did. They were like, oh, this is gonna have like the most dinosaurs you've ever seen, and they did it. Now, that said, with all these dinosaurs, it felt like none of these dinosaurs match the plot whatsoever like oh no it was just that's the that was what was so weird to me was like the dinosaurs didn't factor into the plot at all it's just i i thought that the plot was going to be all about like what what is life like now that like dinosaurs are loose in the world and we kind of have to like you know apparently we can't get rid of them because we're not good at making like extinct species (laughs) but like instead it ends up being like the there was like a plot all about locusts eating our food supply and the dinosaurs just kind of happened to be around and that was it like they weren't important yeah. at all yeah it's like the locusts are going to destroy the world and it's like what about the dinosaurs aren't di- they're dinosaurs <laughs> that's yeah. it like they're kind of just there yeah the the whole thing with the dinosaurs being there being like what, what would you i guess you were saying like people living coexisting with dinosaurs the only thing they do with that is just showing dinosaurs kind of integrating with already existing animals on the planet. It just kind of shows that. And then when it comes to people, 
they don't really do anything else. They just kind of show like, look, the pterodactyls are on the uh, top of the tower in New York, uh, nesting there. And then um, there's like the the Brachiosaurus or whatever in uh, in the lodge camp area, the the logging yeah, area the where the site. seeds are getting all the wood. Sorry, like, uh, sorry, on there. Yeah. What did you just say? Sorry, what did you say? No, I was just I, I was saying, yeah, there was the Brachiosaur at the construction site or whatever. Okay, yeah. So there's really just that. They didn't really do anything else. I would have loved it if instead they were like, oh, yeah, they also did the thing where there's people, there's the dinosaur underground where people are selling dinosaurs, and then there's the farm that is like doing stuff to. Yeah. Not the Triceratops, but the other species that's similar to that of a Triceratops. Yeah, there's like a, a black market for dinosaurs now, even though they're just also out in the wild. Well, I guess there's a black market for real uh, animals as well. So, eh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, like you don't see anything like what would be cool if you see kids at school and there's like a special fire drill because, oh, hang on, kids. Dinosaurs coming near the yard. Let's go back inside. Like something like that. Or I would I would love it if there's like a all right, buddy, honey, so long, I'm off to work. Ah, studio skids got by a dinosaur, like that shit. I would laugh so fucking hard if they did that. Cause one, that would be comedic, yes. But considering how the rest of the movie is, it would have fit in perfectly, and it at least would have put more comedic substance in that isn't like it just would have worked. I think I always, I always like those ones though. Well, we saw like leaving. the. Yeah, that's the thing. We saw the occasional, like, someone checking the news on their phone, and it's, like, new dinosaur attack, and it's, like, someone, like, fending off, like, fucking baby ter uh, pterodactyls at the beach or something. Oh, yeah, you see the little girl being chased by a couple dinosaurs, and she's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> like, that was great. Okay, that was pretty That was pretty good. I will say in the, their defense for that. Uh, otherwise, you know, you have this plot where, oh, it's, uh, what's-her-face is a clone still? You know, you still got the clone girl, and... She is apparently invaluable to Biosyn, who is returning since like Jurassic Park yeah, one. We got Dotson here. We got Dotson, and Dot Dotson's like, I'm Steve Jobs now. Yeah, that was <laughs> for weird. some reason. And uh, this was another thing of kind of fanfare that. It was just there for fanfare like it was just like look at the easter egg there's the barbasol can like do you see do you see the barbasol can it's right here do you see it yeah i was dude i know they were going for just like nostalgia berry references but as soon as i saw that bar barbasol can i was just like how'd they find that like yeah it didn't it, it didn't really make sense as how they got that considering like where it happened and what was there and it was covered in mud and it wasn't unless they had some tracker on it which i highly doubt but also there was a volcano that went off at one point so i'm like How yeah did you get this like it would be more likely that the kids and, in I'm camp cretaceous sure... would pick this up <laughs> what are you saying yeah like and i'm pretty sure they they would have had to have picked it up after the volcano exploded because the, the can was singed so i guess that was the implication that they got that after the last episode or the last movie but like that that makes even less sense so i don't know yeah it, 
the the whole plot point though i guess you could say is it's okay it just it, it felt kind of weird where they're like yeah we accidentally created these locusts oh no they're destroying everything hey we need to reverse engineer this girl to uh and blue's uh, yeah. baby dinosaur daughter to mm. uh re basically reverse everything that the locusts are doing and uh yeah. save everyone so i hated that that like they they explained that Maisie, like they literally retcon what they set up in the last movie where it's like okay her her grandfather didn't actually create her when his daughter died because he missed his daughter his daughter just wanted a child and instead of going to like a sperm bank or like adopting a child or something she's just like you know what i could clone myself and see how that goes and she does that and then she finds out that she has a genetic disease and she figures out a way to deliver a cure to every single cell in her daughter's body after she's already been like conceived and everything and like that is so hard to do to like that is the most difficult part of gene therapy right now is just like how do you change so like you can easily change like individual cells genomes but it is hard to change every single cell in your body because like it's honestly hard to even get drugs to the every single cell in your body like that's it's long and complicated i took like a single pharmacology course at davis and that made me realize like oh my god there's so much like work that goes into just like not just like figuring out make a drug that can work but figuring out how to get that drug into your body and have it not like break down or get to the wrong place uh so in and yeah like you said the the scientist was trying to figure out how like Maisie's mom even did that and if he could do that he could do that to like the the locusts and create i couldn't tell if he was trying to create like new mutant locusts that would not be able to have uh offspring or would have like defective offspring and they would die off in the next generation or if he like was he wanted to create a a virus that would just spread throughout the uh it was one of the two but like if it was a virus like that would be way easier to do like you could easily make a, a lethal virus then maybe it but... was just the first one because i guess the virus could the you know how viruses can evolve and yeah turn. so but it was probably if... the first one but then if that's the, the case like you know what he could have easily done instead of kidnapping a girl and a baby raptor and trying to figure figure out how they work literally just genetically engineer your own locusts like you literally already did that in the first place you can just start when they're single cells and create the change in their genome that you want and then grow that one and release that one like, listen james i don't think the writers were scientists i really don't wrong. think so either is <laughs> otherwise they wouldn't be writers now would they so yeah like the the most of the throughout almost this entire movie every time they tried to explain the plot of like the locusts and why like what they need to do to solve that problem and how why that why it's even a problem in the first place i was just like this makes no fucking sense i don't think anyone really thought of this I, I lost my mind when they even first introduced the locusts and like Ellie Sattler is like, for some reason someone calls her like a 
wasn't she like a paleobotanist yeah paleobotanist mm-hmm. and they called her for some reason maybe she expanded her research since maybe the first movie and she she literally sees like an untouched field of like corn or wheat or whatever like off in the distance she's like are th- is that field also yours like oh no that's the neighbor's field like oh well do they use the same seed as you or something like why did the locusts not touch their fields like oh they're contracted with biosyn they use biosyn uh crops and i'm just like okay case closed like it, it if they were like real locusts they would have eaten everything they would not have just like magically left one field completely untouched unless they were for some reason like they couldn't ingest that like uh like that crop because of something that biosyn did to that crop or maybe it was something they did to the locusts either way that is not a co- that can't be a coincidence like statistically that is impossible and so i was like okay clearly people are going to connect that shit easily right and then later on dotson's just like don't worry about it no one will ever trace it back to us it's like yes they will what are you talking about yeah so we got like the full scientific reasons why this movie's not good uh <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like i'm like honestly a lot of the stuff you said i would like some of that stuff would never dawn in my brain because i'm like what like uh, you know all the time like for for like just for reference guys like james will tell me all this sciencey stuff especially like stuff from work and he's like telling me and i'm like half the time i'm like (laughs) english well i think it's cool (laughs) no i i I understand it but i'm also like i yeah at least you'll do more layman's terms for me which is always appreciated uh so i can (laughs) understand other times i'm like (laughs) like i'm like i don't know what he's saying science words and shit and i think that's one of the things that they were hoping for is like this to be fair this shit like genetics is fucking complicated and really easy to fuck up in, in in like the real world let alone on like the plot of a movie. So I, I feel like the writers were definitely like 99% of people are not going to understand why this doesn't make sense. So don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not going to pertain to most others, but then they weren't, they weren't ready for you and your your scientific facts. So Uh, if only I could have just gone to that movie and been like, Oh, cool dinosaurs. But even that was like, that's not the main plot. So (laughs) yeah otherwise you know you get like that kidnapping and you know claire and owen are like we're gonna work with the cia and then the french foreign intelligence and then get it's cool they brought that guy back though oh yeah i was i was happy they show like they they also like show little pictures of like the other two people that worked in jurassic world they were at like the computers where it's like the dude that when owen destroys his desk he's like come on man like that nerdy guy and then he tries to he tries to hit it like what he tries to hit the shot with the his female coworker, and she's like i have a boyfriend <laughs> he's uh, like oh oh right so it was funny oh, they God. showed pictures of them for a second by the way speaking of the french intelligence guy i lost my shit when like they they unleashed the atrociraptors and he's one of the guys that gets like hit with a laser so there's a there's a raptor coming to try to kill him and he like he gets into like the narrow opening of like a nearby boat and he's trying yeah. to like 
get out the other side like through the the one of the windows and he picks up like a nearby like crowbar or a bat or something and he's trying to break open the window and like while there's like a raptor like snapping at him and stuff like that and he at some point pulls out his gun and tries to shoot out the window and i was like why didn't he shoot the raptor yeah wait a minute why aren't you just shooting the raptor they're not bulletproof <laughs> yeah that's a good point. I honestly don't. Yeah, I'm not too sure, honestly, for that kind of thing. And looking at the Atrociraptors, were they bigger than the Velociraptors? They look kind of big. It kind of looked like it. Definitely, like, the, the I guess, skull structure was different. They had, like, different, like, ridge lines around their eyes. Like, they definitely didn't look like blue. Yeah, and we've, because we've gone through five different breeds of raptors at this point because you have the you have the classic velociraptor we get those raptors in jurassic park jurassic park lost world in jurassic park 3 they bring in the alpha velociraptors which are like these kind of white ones that are slightly geneticized and who knows if they're like natural or not i mean obviously none of them are natural considering the frogs they're like hey you got the frog shit in you and stuff but there's those then you have the jurassic world raptors which are color-coded so you feel they're more specifically geneticized for everything. Like you, you definitely see like a difference there where it's like, they're not just regular. They're like, oh, these are color coded. And you're like, color coded raptors? Sounds <laughs> blue. That's a blue raptor. What can you do? Is that legal? And then, uh, you know, the fifth one, there's the Indoraptor. And the Indoraptor, you know, that's the ultimate edgelord dinosaur. That is the yeah. edgiest of all dinosaurs. The only thing that's clever about that, someone pointed out recently, that the Indoraptor, Endoraptor, Indoraptor had, like, yellow streaks along its back. Which, if you know anything about color theory, which, like, I really don't. I had to have this explained to me. Yellow is this apparently, like, the opposite of blue. So I was just like, oh, okay. I guess that makes some sense. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, of course, then the Atrociraptors. But also you could call the Indoraptor the Innuendo Raptor, depending on what's going on as well, if you want. We uh, also got the uh, a feathered raptor in this movie, which yes, just you did get the really raptor. fast, which was interesting. Yeah, he's he, he's a fu- that, that one was a fuckboy. He's Dude. just like, I want to fuck with y'all like as Dude. much as I can. I love that its move was to just immediately dive under the ice. And I was just like, yeah, wait, what? Isn't that, wouldn't that also kill it? I don't, I don't know. I'll get warm later. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah, that was, that was very interesting the way they just have that Raptor there. And it's just not, it pretty much honestly for the, what they show in the trailers, pretty much everything in it, in the, the movie like it's not really thereafter. It's just for that short yeah, period of time. That's really the entire scene. That's it. Yeah, because then you think you th- you think there's like more of it in the where like Bryce Dallas Howard uh, when Claire's like crawling in the water and stuff, but it turns out you know that's the that's that veggie raptor one with the claws. It's like fuck you, and then like hits the deer out of the way and stuff. Yeah, but so I love that she would have been safer if they just hadn't ejected her out of the plane. <laughs> Eh, we would have missed this uh, amazing moment that we got to enjoy. So there, I guess. You know, that's, that's important. And <laughs> just fucking bitch slaps a deer to death. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the the characters themselves, you know, they were as expected. Claire and Owen were Claire and Owen. There wasn't new. There was nothing new about them. They're just like, we're parents now. We love our clone child. We love Maisie. And I'm fine with that. It was as... It was as schlocky as I expected it to be with them. 
and I was okay with it. Like I had nothing against it. I'm like, well, we're already at that point. Like it's not going to get worse or better. It's just going to be as much as I expected it to be. And then you have, uh, you have them. I don't think there's much to say about them really besides that. Uh, uh, other than that is the lead, the legacy characters return. You have Alan Grant, you have, uh, Ellie Sattler, you have, um, Ian Malcolm and they're all back again. And they are Ian Malcolm is Ian Malcolm. Ian Malcolm is as great as he was before. It's just yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is the best part of this movie. Uh, just the way he's talking, it's everything you wanted it to be, and you're just like, oh yes, Jeff Goldblum, keep going. I want to see more of your National Geographics on Disney Plus. Keep going. I love it. Like he, he's just fun. He's great. Like that's at least a plus to the film. This is why. This is easily one of the reasons why this is better than the last movie. Where in the last movie, they just have him do a weird lecture and he's got a yeah, fat Yeah, he did like an out- intro and an outro and that was it. He looked at like, he looked like just crazy old man with beard. And in this one, he looks like suave, like Ian Malcolm, who's like... Oh, just I love it like, when he shows up again. Uh, Dr. Grant is just like... Uh, like, uh, like, I guess you'll take any job or something like that. He's just like... Well, I have five beautiful kids that I love and expenses add up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's like, you know, sometimes you just got to go work at Apple or whatever the fuck this yeah. is. And, and then Ellie is fun. Like she more or less stays in character, but it's, I think Ellie and Alan, they did feel like more of just fanfare characters. Well, especially where, Alan Grant, because like there was no reason for him to be in this movie. He like, was just there. Like there he just, it was just like, "Hey, do you want to come with me?" and there was nothing. Yeah, he didn't really there was no literally purpose Ellie, for him to be there. Ellie was just like, "I need a witness if I if I find like shady shit the Biosyn is doing." It's like, "Oh, seriously, you you brought Alan Grant back just to be the guy to like watch you do stuff?" Like that's weird. Okay. I think like I it's nothing against Sam Neill. I love Sam Neill. I know, I love I love acting. Him. And I think they just needed to better utilize them. I think what they could have done better for this specifically was utilize what we already saw in Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park 3, where more interactions with him and the others with dinosaurs and him yeah. finding a way around it, doing what he did before, problem solving it and being like, listen, what if we did this? That would have been yeah, better. His, his dinosaurs, like, knowledge did not come into play or help at all in this movie. No. So I really, I think if they really wanted to do a better job, they could have done that, especially what was it with the Demetrodons? He could have done something there, potentially. I know it was just like, Ian, help us. And he's like, uh, just uh, hit hit the numbers here and uh, we'll see yeah. if it works. Uh, thank God for Ramsey, I guess, for doing that. But which was funny because he's like, oh, I did it. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, it was just Ramsey doing it. So, I didn't know there'd be a code. <laughs> yeah. So I really think, yeah, easily had, if they had just done that, they could have improved the quality of the character utilization and slightly increased the quality of the film just by doing that one little thing. Uh, just because it would then take it from being fan favorite nostalgic utilization to uh, actual practical utilization of legacy characters. And that's, it, that's the same thing with Top Gun. Like we've already talked about it uh, earlier having the use of something that brings nostalgic value but making it have a full form and full reason for being there versus 
just being there to be like, look, it's the thing you like nostalgia, buy our shit. Like that is the big difference here. And if you could make that difference, you're going to succeed and you're going to earn points and you're going to earn respect. So, you know, just always keep those things in mind. And I mean, obviously it's hard to do, or I don't think it's hard to do, but it's easy to see that the vast majority don't get it. If Top Gun so far is really the only one that's really pulled it off at this point. Yeah. It's, and maybe it's Blade weird because sure. like, if you want to count Blade Runner 2049, maybe I think that yeah. also kind of works well. That's true. It's weird. Cause like the, after seeing Top Gun Maverick, I was like, I initially was like, they, there's no way that they are going to do a sequel 30 years later. And it's actually good and feels like they needed to do it. And after watching it, I was like, holy shit, this movie is one of the best sequels I've seen in a long fucking time. Yeah. And after watching the, the newest Jurassic World movie, I'm just like, you know, I don't think I ever need to see another one of these movies. Like they could just stop. <laughs> Which is really sad because yeah. I, I like Jurassic Park. The first Jurassic Park is literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And they've only gone like downhill from there. And this last one was just like, like you said, better than the last one. But that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't know why. I the, the Watching these newer ones make me specifically nostalgic to watch the one I think that people gave shit back then, but actually it was much better than people gave it credit for, which was Jurassic Park 3. Like, I have a yeah, weird that one fondness. has its moments, at least. I have a weird fondness for that movie specifically, but I think it's also because it also takes a lot from the book that people mm. don't realize it does. Uh, it's, it's weird. The first three movies take a lot from the first two, both books, a lot, like, they're just weirdly broken up, like second book, second movie, but horribly utilized where it doesn't match at all versus uh, first book is the first and third movie uh, just utilized differently. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because um, the whole Spinosaurus chasing uh, the group in the third movie is in the first book. That's the T-Rex doing that in the first book. They just took that out in the movie. And kind of it was just like they kept running into the T-Rex, but it never huh. felt like he was chasing them. Uh, it, and there's also it, it's it's just different. Yeah. I should probably read the the Jurassic Park books at some point because I, I love the movie so much, at least the first one. I should yeah. try reading the book. I think it's worth it. And for those who don't know, Jurassic Park was created by Michael Creighton. This is the same guy that created Westworld. So he's done other stuff, too. But I just, did not know that. Yeah. Jurassic Park, Westworld, same guy. Yeah. Uh, Check out the original stuff. The book really, the, the books make you look at the movies in a whole new way. They make you kind of a, get annoyed at the second movie a lot more. And they make you realize that the second book that the movie is based off of is actually much better. And they just feel good. And, you know, like other things though, like Alan Grant is older, Ellie is younger. And you're like, oh, <laughs> so there's, a, there's that kind of thing. But I guess back to the legacy characters real fast, like, how did you feel about them kind of finally bringing Ellie and Alan together? Come, like, like it was cool, but it, it just, it really felt like nostalgia member Barry shit. And like, not they weren't in the movie for like a point. I don't know. It felt like they were in it for that moment where they were like, this is yeah. the reason where, cause the whole thing was you have this in Jurassic park one, three and six. When you look at this and one, you have them that you feel like they're going to get together and 
that was the whole point. Like the whole thing is Alan coming to terms with children and like understanding kids and like kind of it's like the dinosaurs and kids are kind of uh, allegories for each other going through it as Alan is understanding it all. And I think it, if I remember correctly, it might be the same thing in the book. I can't recall at this moment, but you get to the third where you, you feel like everything's learned and Alan understands what it's like to have kids and Ellie wants kids and all that kind of thing. And you're like, cool, I get it now. Jurassic Park 3, Alan has no kids. Ellie is married and has a kid. Yeah. And you're like, what like, the why'd fuck you do that? Wrong? Like, what the fuck happened? I don't get it. And it just felt weird because obviously this is where it leaves the books. It doesn't make any sense. And, you know, some people were sad about it, but it's also, I guess, at the same time, somewhat realistic where it's like, you know, they don't always get together at the end of the movie and have a happy ending yeah. or whatever. It changes. And then in this one, six is trying to more or less correct what happens in three where it's like, you know, maybe you find yourself later on and you're like, oh, we were actually did work out really well together. And Ellie's like, oh, my kids are in college. Like they're on their own now. They're good to go. And I'm divorced and stuff. And Alan's like, I'm with dinosaurs and our funding sucks. We have to do two. Like we allow people in to see the digs now because of how shitty everything is. Um, it was it was weird but I got it and I won't lie. There was like, it does work at the same time. Cause when they do do that, there's like a small part of me that's like, finally. And like, th that is there. I won't lie. Like there, there's that wanting for that to occur, but it's just weird to have it that many years later. Yeah. That's <laughs> I guess you could say where it's like the, 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 the time between one and three and then the time between three and six you're like whoo this is like jurassic park one came out around the our like we were little when that came out so this is really oh, yeah. happening throughout our entire lifespan so far is this six these six movies Jeez. and kind of seeing that where it's like yeah you know like just kind of a certain point didn't hit it but now that we're like 30 they're getting back together and i'm like oh man this is I'm fucking old. <laughs> Holy shit. It's just weird. Uh, but yeah, legacy characters, like I said, you, you, Ian Malcolm Fine could have done a lot better with Alan Grant. Ellie yeah. also could have done a little bit better. It just kind of, at least she had the most purpose, but it still was just kind of like whatever. Uh, you had other characters like Dodgson, Ramsey. Uh, and yeah, and also I guess you could say Dr. Um, what was uh, Dr.'s uh um shit what's the scientist guy i always forget his name doctor i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look it up real fast but how did you feel about i guess like dodson coming back for all this i mean it was interesting that they like i mean that was a deep cut i guess but at the same time like i i didn't get the impression when like he was in the one scene in jurassic park that he was important like i just took it as he was like some guy who was the contact that that biosyn either employed or like paid to be the handoff to nedry to like give him the barbasol can and then maybe like he would also like be his the same contact for nedry to like hand the barbasol can back to in the end i didn't expect him to be like important to biosyn or like even like you said, essentially there's Steve Jobs, which was weird. Like, I was also very confused how, like, blase he was about 
potentially having caused the end of the uh, like humanity as we know it because like i mean they somehow hang on there like that's not really surprising considering the fact that like look at gas ceos look at all the other big corporate ceos that know what the fuck they're doing to our planet yeah just believe in uh their capital gains over anything else i guess there is some sense to that it's just like there it's a little bit different between like slowly killing the planet with with like greenhouse gases versus we might cause in a global like food chain collapse within the next year like that's that is a major pr problem and he's just like don't worry about it no one will ever figure out that we made those locusts there's only so many like companies in the world that could engineer something like that let alone the fact that they're not eating our crops there no one will figure it out they're also i think they're also taking advantage of the fact that they are utilizing themselves as the answer to dinosaurs where dinosaurs are somewhat a problem for society and they're like well we can take care of it we can put them here in this valley let biosyn take care of it we give us government subsidies and all this other shit and we'll have it all taken care of for everybody so that's why they would potentially not be looked at because they're doing this so it's like oh hey how come this thing's happening oh maybe it's because of this thing and it's like oh all right even though they're pretty much the ones that are also creating probably some of the dinosaurs anyway you could imagine even though i guess like uh well they straight up were saying like yeah we've even brought back some of the uh older some of these species like in their pure form without any like reptile or amphibian dna somehow yeah yeah so they've been making more but they did say they they brought some from both islands like they got Mm -hmm. the ones that were all there and then they they got got the the (laughs) t-rex they they apparently showed up right before dr grant and dr sattler yeah, and you would imagine, like they said some from Isla Soerna from the second and third movie, yeah. but you know, like all the ones they got are not the ones that you wanted to see. Yeah, we didn't see a Spinosaurus, they which is why in- they instead introduced which is why you some watch like Camp Crit- Gig- Gigantosaurus or whatever the fuck they called them. Yeah. But, the, I mean, that's also why you got to watch uh, Camp Cretaceous to know what happened to all the uh, all the Isla Sornum dinosaurs that you do like because they're on a different island. And it's, Yeah, I need uh, to watch very... that show. You keep telling me to watch it. it... Yeah. Like, I, I've said it before to everybody, uh, Camp Cretaceous is better. The, the show itself is better than the new trilogy of movies, easily. It, it, somehow they managed to pull this off, and it's much more interesting and even though it's four kids and it's a bunch of kids, it is actually entertaining and people do die in it. They will, of course, die off screen, but there are deaths. People get eaten by dinosaurs. This shit happens and it is enjoyable. It is very enjoyable. I would say it's one of the better animated shows on Netflix easily. So, yeah. Uh, otherwise, there's Ramsey. Ramsey is... Kind of like your whistleblower type guy. And yeah. he's fine. I, I have nothing against him. He pretty much does everything he needs to do. But his role isn't like... The thing was, like, his role is fine. It just isn't anything that will raise the stakes of the movie. It won't lower the stakes of the movie. Yeah. He's just kind of like there doing his thing. But 
it's not enough to, like I said, raise or lower the plot for everything that's going on that's like wrong or right for the film. I, I think. mean, I'll give him credit that like I didn't see him being on the side of like the main characters until he was like, did you get the st- the sample or whatever? Even though like I kind of got, well, not like when, when he was telling them like, oh, would you like to tour the facility on your own? Like take these uh elevators definitely not those because those go to the sub levels for some reason i didn't take that as him trying to hint that he was on their side i for some reason thought that like dotson had like a plan to like use uh doc- like dr grant and sattler to like for something so i guess it, it did kind of catch me off guard when he was just like oh no i'm actually trying to be a whistleblower here because they're doing some crazy shit like i'm the one that got malcolm involved like it was yeah him he was like i'm the one behind all the let's take these guys down <laughs> yeah but on the other hand it was also just really confusing when he like confronted dotson at the end and dotson was like yeah like you're in charge now and i'm like wait what i i thought he was literally just your assistant what the hell <laughs> what was he now like your partner I don't understand. I mean, th- th- that one I didn't have too much of a problem with because I didn't think that was too detrimental to the plot or like anything really going on. It was just kind of like a moment of something happening where, you know, he just is like, yeah, it seems like he's grooming him to be the next like head and stuff by the way he's talking about him and shit. Yeah. And I don't know. The I just thing didn't you did get bring up was at all. Oh, okay. Well, I like, until that moment, <laughs> like I was like, I did not get the impression that Dotson like respected ramsey as an equal i literally thought he was just like the assistant yeah i I got it in the beginning i would say when he was just like he first introduced he's like oh he's like a young me and then he. i thought he was joking (laughs) that's the thing i I thought i don't know i i feel like it's like one of those things where you joke but you're also serious like he's the next and he's the next big guy like that's kind of the thing he was saying more or less okay Uh, i guess i just didn't take him seriously at that point i thought he was just being like polite like oh yeah no he's he's just like me but you know younger and taller and better looking and stuff like that like i thought he was just being nice <laughs> oh not i'm not sure but at least that's what i got from it personally yeah. uh otherwise yeah ramsey was fine and then you had uh the pilot uh what was her name again it was... i did like her i thought i thought she was cool yeah kayla watts it felt weird that she was just randomly like i'm gonna help you but otherwise, as so, like, just decision-making, it felt a little weird. Yeah. Like, the transition to go from, um, I let a kid get kidnapped and didn't say shit, and uh, I've been flying for these guys in questionable cargo all the time, to redemption. Uh, it felt random. But her as a well, character... Especially after literally t- talking to Bryce Dallas Howard's character, I keep forgetting her character's name. Like she corners her in the bathroom and is like, this is obviously not the place for you. You need to like go find like you need to just leave and forget about whatever you're you're like came here to do. And she even is just like, I'm not I'm not going to help you. Like, don't don't ask. Don't talk to me. I I don't want to get involved with whatever you're doing. And then literally 10 minutes later, she's like. I'm going to save you from these raptors. Trust me. Yeah, it was like, uh, what the fuck's happening? Otherwise, as a character, she's fun. She's enjoyable. Like, as yeah. she's like her banter 
is very fun. Uh, the her actions when they after they crash is just like she does a good job. Like the way she's yeah. just like I don't know. No, how I thought she was really dinosaur. cool. Yeah, so I think I'd say she was a better. She was one of the cooler characters uh, within the film, at least newer type characters. Because I feel like Owen and Claire kind of did like Owen felt very whatever in this movie. Personally, I, I kept I kept forgetting he was really there. Uh, otherwise, her she was one of the better parts. I would say like her Ian Malcolm. Uh, I guess to an extent Claire kind of, but I feel like they're running out of action shit for Chris Pratt to do uh in this stuff so yeah. it makes sense now for him to move on to such uh grand characters as super mario and garfield yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know and then Both we had like lasagna yeah i do remember now uh dr henry Wu was the name and it was uh right yeah so you had him and he had like the weird like i want my redemption i kind of fucked this up and the dude's been kind of fucking shut up since the fourth movie where it's like oh i made dominus rex i made indoraptor i made uh I can't just keep making dinosaurs. I can't help myself. Yeah, I love how I, two movies ago he was like, oh, it's not my fault you told me to make cooler, more dangerous, more violent monster-like dinosaurs. And now two two movies later he's like, oh my god, I've made so many monsters. What have I done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see, you do see like all the time pass and you see the difference with him, like how kept how well kept he is in dressing. He's got long hair now. now where he's like long hair. He just looks like, yeah, he just looks all disheveled and shit. And you're like, okay, I see it now. I get it. Like he definitely is trying to like fix his shit. Um, and I, I'm wondering if he got off scot-free. I think he might've gotten off scot-free. Cause he's like, I could save the world. And they're like, eh, hey, <laughs> let him go. I guess. I don't know. And you could probably still study the dinosaurs. If anything, like I don't see the problem with it. Fuck it. I always, I always, that's the funny thing. Like, I always liked him as a, as a actor, BD Wong. Um, he's always been fun and everything. He was even Dr. Hugo Strange in the Gotham TV show, which was oh, incredibly yeah. great. That was great. I was always like, oh my God, they got BD Wong as fucking uh, Hugo Strange. That's insane. Uh, so he was fun. I, I enjoyed him for what we had with him in this. Otherwise, all the all the dinosaur fights felt very forced easily uh the whole the the we didn't talk about him yet but yeah mr uh uh what was his name the the giga chad the giga chad rex uh, yeah. um which i felt really weird when colin trevor was like yeah this guy's like this is why i'm like why is everyone all of a sudden being like this is obi-wan is like joker gigasaurus rex is like joker i'm like Yeah, like the G- Giganotosaurus or whatever, like Giga Chat. Yeah, like it. It literally was in like two or three scenes. Yeah, and he's just, you know, what his crime was? Just doing dinosaur shit. He's just yeah, like, yeah, much. I'm just a uh, just dinosaur. Oh, hey, he got, he some, got into uh, a fight. People. He got into a fight with the T Rex to show that he could beat the T Rex, and then later on, the T Rex killed him by Im- impaling it on like another dinosaur's claws which is super funny yeah like the whole he literally just pushed him <laughs> he he had nothing there was nothing wrong with this dinosaur like in the last two movies you're like here is genetically engineered new species dinosaur indominus rex who is blatantly evil you can tell there yeah. you go and he's like i'm evil look i can turn invisible and you're like we need to kill him 
and you have a raptor, a T-Rex, and a fucking uh, uh, Mosasaurus work together to fucking kill this guy. And then in the next movie, you have an Indoraptor. Indoraptor is literally what you would call Joker. He is yeah. <laughs> looking at the audience, winking and going, kids, you want to see something cool? Like, that is actually your it's a Joker. killing for fun, literally. Literally, your Joker fucking dinosaur is the Indoraptor. I don't know how else you could describe him. And he's literally the edgelord of all dinosaurs. It is amazing how much of an edgelord that dinosaur is. I actually fucking <laughs> love that movie. That movie, like I said, this movie is better than that movie. That movie is more entertaining because it, that movie is funny as fuck, though. That movie was like that Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and Shane Black's The Predator are amazing comedy films that people don't get. If you look at it as a comedy film, you actually have a great time with it because you're like, oh, this is a funny movie. And you're like, well, what about the other stuff? Don't think about that. You'll get angry. It's not worth it. Just just laugh at shit and move on with your life. That's uh, what the do- doctor prescribes for this one. Uh, whereas the Gigas, the Gigas, the Giga Chad is just <laughs> like, I want deer. I eat deer. Fuck you, T-Rex. I want deer more than you, me big. And then he sees people. It's literally... People, it's big crime is being the apex predator. That's it. Yeah, he just he just is hungry. That's it. He's not like killing for sport. He's just like I want to eat food. Uh, I'm in a dinosaur pen, kind of like backed up with all these other dinosaurs. It's really crowded in here. Uh, the T Rex is here again. He's jealous of me because I'm a Giga Chad, and now he hit me with uh fucking big hands here. Who's like don't get. Don't get fucking near me. I'm going to fucking stab you. And he just like gets him with his little claws. And he's like, oh, it appears I've been impaled and I'm dead. And I'm like. This dude wasn't evil. He's just a dinosaur. I do love that Biosyn's plan for if the like valley ever caught on fire and there was like a massive emergency. Their plan is to use the brain chips that they implanted in all the dinosaurs somehow to like herd them all into a small enclosure together yep and then turn off the chips so so like of course they're gonna kill each other uh, what we didn't expect was once the dinosaurs got together they looked around and went oh shit food fight yeah literally <laughs> except they all are literally the food so it kind of you know we, we saw how that went it's honestly i would love to see them do that now with the zoo let's go see what they do when they go put all the different animals in the zoo together yeah. and i can watch the fucking lions and bears be like dude no way come here we're so should new- talk about mr penguin it's the newest battle royale zoo uh, zoo battle royale yeah god it's who's gonna win in a fight 30 penguins or a lion the lion because the penguins are all gonna run away because it's a fucking lion <laughs> oh man yeah, so that it was just a weird movie. It was entertaining. It, I understand why no one else I know besides us has gone and seen it and paid money for to watch it. I get it. I, I don't blame you. Uh, I would also wait for this to come to what would it be? Fucking Peacock or some shit. I don't know what's gonna yeah, be on it. Wherever it goes. Yeah. To die. <laughs> to die. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me i looked and i'm like wait do i have all the jurassic movies and i'm like oh my god i actually bought all the jurassic movies i have like a an open steelbook copy of fallen kingdom and i'm like when did i buy this oh no Why? i don't remember buying this 
I think it was because it was when it first came out, so it was so fucking funny to me. All they kept playing through my head was the Indoraptor scene, so I'm like, yeah, I had a good time with this. It was fucking hilarious. That's actually also the same reason why I bought the Predator, to be honest, also. So, uh, it's like if I if I organize my movies by genre and you just have comedy, you're going to see like Superbad, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Jurassic Park 5, and The Predator. And it'll be like, those are your comedies? But like, yeah, these are, these are my comedy films. <laughs> right next to Superbad, right where it belongs. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't... I mean, obviously, I wouldn't recommend either. I wouldn't recommend Obi-Wan to anybody. I wouldn't recommend Jurassic World Dominion to anybody. Uh, I think this episode was just the, hey, don't watch these <laughs> episodes. I don't know. I, I I'll definitely... put it this way. There's so much content out there. There's so many food movies. There's so many shows. These are not the good ones. There's so many better things you could watch than these. If I guess it's If fair. you're looking for quality. I still feel like I, I'm overall a bit more positive on Obi-Wan than you. Like, I still think overall it's enjoyable. It just has its, like, dumb moments. And some characters don't really, like, land well. And you already, but, got, you already forgot half of it. Yeah, but I, I still would overall say, like, for it only being six episodes, it's worth a watch. I can't say that for uh, Jurassic World Dominion. It's just yeah. not good, in it's my opinion. Good. At least you get, um. yeah, just watch the Ian Malcolm scenes. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, just watch Ian Malcolm scenes. Uh, otherwise, I think, yeah, that's everything. Uh, that's all we have time for. Uh, honestly, I yeah. didn't think we'd be ranting about both of these as much as I thought right? we would. <laughs> I um, thought we'd be done in an hour. Yeah. I mean, you also guys got an educational science talk about clone genomes as well. Uh, Dude, I honestly feel like I should make a podcast about just like talking about random science yeah, shit. Yeah, just do, just do science shit. Yeah, there you go. Don't have me on. I don't know what the fuck I'd be like. You'd just be like, <laughs> no, for average human thought. <laughs> just like, whoa, that's so cool, dude. <laughs> just be like, not a caveman cam. Be like, ah, ah. <laughs> fire hot. So, yeah. Oh, his hands on fire. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. Okay, yeah. So that was teacher side talk. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch of stuff coming up. A bunch of stuff that I put on hold pretty much because uh, if you guys didn't know, obviously uh, I've been working on a game called formerly called the neighbors now called keepsake county we've officially named it uh recently we were in steam next fest i don't know if the i don't think by now the demo will still be around in steam but you can go to itch.io to get an early access copy of it uh right now it's only five bucks i can tell you right now the price will not be uh that low when it actually comes to a complete release uh it will be at least double if not more than that so if you want to get it early get it now it's a midwestern stealth game you can check it out i've been doing all the sound for it including the uh including the male voices are also just me so you can check all that out and it's a fun stealth indie game uh you can enjoy that if you want um we've also done midnight ultra that's on steam and itch.io as well uh which is a much faster paced shooter that is completely different than this game. Actually, they're not even similar whatsoever, really. But I've been doing that. I'm working on some other stuff and just been traveling to Denver, uh, about to go to LA. So things have been really busy. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really do much else, but at least like 
the big focus has been trying to consistently keep this going weekly, which has also been taking up a lot of time considering we're like doing double episodes in a week recently. Yeah. Uh, after this, I think we'll be going back to regular format, hopefully in terms of our recording schedule. But I've also been going and ramping up on Sutra Sidewatch because we have a lot to catch up there and going weekly on that. Uh, right now we're taking a little break because of the travel. The travel's made it actually difficult to record and get things done there. But we've gotten done with uh, January, March, or January, which was um, uh, Spike Lee month. Uh, we have two Spike Lee movies there. March, which was uh, another Studio Ghibli month, which we have two movies there. And April is also out now, which is another, pretty much our last potential Ralph Bakshi month. Uh, so we have uh, six episodes there. Uh, the next one we're doing, well, actually, James will be on too. It's going to be, uh, our, we're finally getting back to Bond because we have a lot of Bond movies to do. But uh, Brandon's still reading the books for those. So some of them, they're going to be very spread out throughout this year, very much out of order. For now, we're only doing Goldfinger, which will be coming next. And then we'll probably hit up into May, which is going to be uh, Cowboy Samurai Month, which is like uh, a Neomor- um It's uh, Sergio Leone and um, Akira Kurosawa. So we're doing Yojimbo and Fistful of Dollars. But we got that coming. So Sutra Sidewatch has been, like I said, we're kind of going weekly for that, which is also, like I said, been taking up a lot of time. Normally, it's every other week. But because we're in catch-up mode, that's what we're doing. Uh, aside from that, hopefully when I get back in July, I'm going to be potentially editing uh, all of the episodes we've had so far on video, uh, creating uh, two to three 30-second clips for each episode. And I'll be throwing those all on TikTok, uh, as well as like Instagram reels and stuff. So, and maybe maybe YouTube too. I'm not sure how that works there too. I think the YouTube shorts, it could work there too. Oh, yeah. But that'll be uh, kind of like bring more TikTok stuff happening. That'll be the first thing I'll have on TikTok again. And then in time, I'll probably start doing little TikTok news shorts as well on their little opinion pieces as well. Uh, but hopefully that'll happen because the goal is to make TikTok the main thing, considering that's where all the big views are going to come in. Uh, usually all the videos I've done there so far have been like 500 views around compared to like Instagram where I'm posting something and it's like, 13 people or something liking it. So it is a vast difference in terms of viewership. I've noticed easily and I understand that's where everything is. So I'm going to try to focus on that when I come back. I'm going to make it, I'm really going to force myself to get it done this coming month. Uh, and I know it's been like being put off, but that's going to happen. Uh, up to it, down to it, we'll come back again when we can bring it back for now. Like I'm glad we got the surgery injury episode out. Uh, enjoy episode 10. We'll, because uh, that's for now the only one we'll probably get for just a little bit and then cut a steel i haven't had any time to do everything for it but like i said that one there's a lot of episodes i want to do for it but for now i'm really wanting to get the big uh where are they now piece out which is going to be a, the full pulse check on every single dc movie announced since every live action dc movie announced since uh, man of steel so that's another thing i'm gonna work on when i get back uh, cause I got those, I got a short film I got to work on and some other stuff. Uh, so all that's kind of being juggled around, but, uh, once that's ready, then we'll put out one to three episodes for that kind of thing for cut of steel. And then I'll start trying to, um, do more episodes for cut of steel, like on things like Harley Quinn, young justice, uh, p- things like doom patrol, uh, which I know people are waiting on me to do that episode for uh Uh, so we'll get all that in as well 
and finally be able to talk about all those. And I think James uh, will probably integrate a news segment into the Cut of Steel as well. Uh, more of specifically just all the upcoming DC news to finally like kind of... Oh, since it'll be, more, it'll be more, I guess, I think, appropriate there anyway. But it'll be still news from that month specifically when we'll do it. Um, but that's all coming. Uh, I don't think we'll get a Cut of Steel episode until earliest, I would say, is end of July, maybe August. Uh, but at least for sure, the one I can guarantee is when we have Black Adam coming out. But I'm going to try to make as many episodes as I can before then. That's not too insane. So at least once a month from now till then, either starting July or August, we'll see what goes on and how availability is for those that I can get on the shows. Uh, with that said, though, I think that's everything. Um, only other thing I think is just uh, one thing I'm going to focus on more is just finding ways to get more people to check out our show. Because that's going to be, that's honestly the biggest thing I'm trying to work on too. Besides TikTok is one of those primary ways. But I'm trying to see how we can get more people checking out the podcast, checking out on YouTube. And just the ways of doing that. Because it's still new. YouTube is very new to me. I'm still like just throwing it out on there without doing anything extra. uh, Which is why it looks like the way it is. Um, But I'm going to figure it all out too. Like I said, time has just been my enemy currently. Dude, same with everyone. It's yeah. not enough time to do anything anymore. Yeah, I, I really, really want that fucking Harry, Hermione time turner from Harry Potter. That would be a lifesaver, honestly. Uh, but with that yeah. said, I think that is everything. Uh, you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. Uh, comment, feedback. Uh, if you want, you can send us a question we can read on the show. And uh, you can also subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. If it's Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. If it is Spotify please rate us. And if it is YouTube, please like and subscribe. All these things are actually what you can do to help us out considering we're not asking for money yet. And uh, you can also follow us, like I said, on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at go at uh, Sutra Side Talk. And you can follow James on Twitter and Instagram at InvaderJim124. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at GogaComzilla and Twitter at KillerShush. And we will be back with episodes on such things as... Uh, Destiny, uh, which we in part two, we'll have that. We've got Lightyear, we've got Stranger Things four, uh, Encanto, and Turning Red. We'll have that. We're, we're gonna have a podcast episode with uh, Ryan that we had from Lord of the Rings doing uh, Thor: Love and Thunder. We've got Miss Marvel. Uh, there's a ton of stuff. So we've and there's more that I can't even think of on the top of my head, but there's just a lot more. So it's all coming soon. Uh, be ready for it all and it's hard because there's so much and it's hard to keep up with it all that's actually becoming the the difficulty now is making sure it can all happen Uh, but until next time guys see you later thanks for listening